Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. about Jesus because of course Christmas is not far away now Colin and our attention is naturally drawn to Advent. Yes we're going to have a a series of very interesting programs over Christmas period that I'll actually be making in Israel so we can look forward to that and they will be beginning next week. So this week let's look at some of the very well-known prophetic words about the coming of Jesus and we're going to turn to the prophecy in Isaiah chapter 9. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. I I love that last phrase, the zeal of the Lord Almighty, the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. Uh, God is zealous for his will and for his purposes to be fulfilled. And he wants us as, as his children, as his disciples, to be those who are zealous for the things of God. It's a, it's a lovely concept. But we must go back to the beginning um, of verse 6. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. We're just going to concentrate on those particular verses uh, or truths today. To me, it is absolutely amazing that the one who created the entire universe, the one who had lived and reigned in the glory of heaven, should divest himself of all that divine heavenly glory and accept humanity, come as a weak baby and have to grow up within the humanity that he had created. To me, this is a a simply astonishing uh, miracle, really, that God was prepared to do that. It speaks, of course, of his love for his people because he came to be the Savior. He came to redeem us, which means he came to pay the necessary price to bring us back into relationship with God. And uh, it's amazing that so many of these prophecies about Jesus somehow just haven't registered with our Jewish brethren because even in the time of Jesus, the expectation was that the Messiah would come in majesty and in glory, in dominion and power. And it seemed that it wasn't within the the real expectation of people that he would come or be born uh, in the weakness of a little baby. It certainly wasn't uh, in their expectation that he would be rejected, uh, not recognized, not received, 
totally unthinkable that their Messiah should be crucified and put to death. And yet, all these things are very clearly in the scripture, and all of them are actually prophesied in the book of Isaiah. So, here we have words that are sung and, and heard many, many times over during the Christmas period, but they're expressing this profound truth that God himself is being born uh, in a stable in Bethlehem. Now, we don't have to get all uh, emotional and uh, about the circumstances of the birth. All those details are, if you like, a graphic portraying of how Jesus accepted the uh, task that he had to fulfill with such humility. You know, we read in the New Testament, in uh, Paul's letter to the Philippians, that he emptied himself of his glory and he accepted humbly the, the status of a man. Let me just read what Paul says. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And, I mean, when you consider that the nations are but a drop in a bucket to God or the dust on the scales, uh, what is one person compared to all the nations of the earth? And here Jesus comes as one person. God made man in this one person, this one baby. He made himself nothing. He literally emptied himself of the divine glory. He comes as a servant. He comes to serve those who in fact should be serving him. He comes in human likeness. Now, we've got to ask the question, why? Because God doesn't do anything at all unless there is purpose to it, and he certainly wouldn't become man unless there was real purpose. Well, we can sum that purpose up very, very simply. What Jesus is doing is coming and identifying completely with us in our humanity so that once he has proclaimed the gospel of the kingdom, once he has become the, living, the, the sacrifice on the cross that was necessary for our salvation, once he has been raised from the dead and returned to heaven, once the Holy Spirit has been poured out upon those who believe in him to be the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God, then those who belong to him, those who are believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, those who are born again and have received the Holy Spirit, they can be completely identified with him in his divinity. Now, that is absolutely amazing. But Peter, no less, makes that very, very clear. Now, remember, Peter started off as an ordinary fisherman, but he was one of the three principal disciples of Jesus. And sometime after the resurrection, he wrote this, His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness 
through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these he has given us his very great and precious promises, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. So here Peter is, is really, or these words of Peter confirm what I've just been saying. Jesus came and identified with us completely in our humanity so that now, as believers in the Lord Jesus, we can participate in the divine nature. We can participate in the life of God himself. We can actually be identified completely with God. So Paul says that God has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. He says we have come to the fullness of life that is in Christ. So Jesus comes, empties himself of his divine glory, identifies with us completely in the weakness of our humanity, so that now we are completely identified with him in his divinity, and we can have his fullness. He emptied himself so that we can have his fullness. He identified with us so that now we can be completely identified with him in his divine glory. Now, sadly, Julia, I think there are a lot of Christians that don't really appreciate that this is what Jesus accomplished and that this was God's purpose in sending his son in the first place. We know he came and preached the gospel of the kingdom and we know that he had to um, die on the cross for our sins and to reconcile us to God. But you see, what lies behind all that is the purpose of God. He actually created man to live in fellowship with him, to participate in his divine nature, to participate in his divine life. Now, that doesn't mean that we become part of God. Uh, we are not God, but we participate in his life. We share in his nature. And, of course, the reason why God has poured his Holy Spirit into us is so that his divine nature is actually within every born-again, spirit-filled believer. So that divine nature is to come forth in our lives. It is to be expressed in us. Jesus is to be expressed in us. So again, Paul says, we are being transformed into his likeness, literally transfigured into his likeness, with ever-increasing glory. So the, the more we follow Jesus, the closer we live to Jesus, the more of his glorious, heavenly, divine nature can actually be manifested in our lives. This is absolutely amazing. It's a wonderful, wonderful gospel. And this really is what Christmas is about. It's not really about stables and wise men and all of that. It's, it's about this tremendous decision that God made to come and identify completely with us so that now we can be identified completely with him. You've been listening to Faith for Today, presented by Julia Fisher. This program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith. For further information, visit our website, kingdomfaith.com. 